Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Everyone loves the local boy makes good story, even when he makes good for a division rival. Right-handed relief pitcher Pierce Johnson will always have fans in Colorado. He was drafted by Tampa Bay after playing his high school baseball at Faith Christian Academy in Arvada, but went to Missouri State instead and reached the show with the Chicago Cubs after they made him a first-round pick in 2012. After making his big league debut for the Cubs in 2017 and a single season in San Francisco, plus a little stint in Japan, he's found a home in San Diego with a Padres team that will have big expectations next season. So there's no one better to talk Colorado baseball, the NL West, and pitching at altitude with than Denver native Pierce Johnson. He's warming up. We're back with the opening pitch right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. You know, Manny, Joe Madden told me a few years back, we were chatting in the dugout, and he said he used to love to come to Colorado when he was scouting back in the day to uh, look at pitchers out here because we all had fresh arms. We didn't play year-round mm-hmm. baseball we were kind of hidden up here in the mountains. A lot of, not a lot of scouts came up this direction, but um, I think that the secret got out obviously over the years, you've had a whole bunch of guys, you know, one just went in the hall of fame Roy Halliday, who've, uh, who've come from this, this part of the country and learned to pitch at altitude, which I will always tell you is a big advantage learning to pitch here and then trying to make the, the backwards adjustment to sea level, unlike hitters. Uh, I think it's a help for pitchers, but let's talk to somebody who's living that right now and doing it better than I did it. Pierce Johnson, the San Diego Padres, uh, Faith Christian Eagle back in the day, um, joins us from his home. Pierce, are you in Colorado now or back in San Diego? Yeah, I'm in Colorado. All right, so you're back home. boy. High altitude training, man, I'm telling you, it makes a difference. Gets you in better condition. Yeah, I get down to spring training and we start doing cardio. I yeah. am good to go. You got that right, man. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, I, I used to run circles around. I used to run circles around guys in Florida because they're all sucking wind. I'm like, this is easy. What are you guys fussing about? But uh, no, you're, he's absolutely right. And I, I've tried to convince Dick Monfort and other people of that. No, they love their facility. Not going to be an option this year for guys. Not going to be a place to go to in Arizona for the offseason this year. The lock, gates are locked. They're going to be locked. So maybe we'll get more high-altitude training. But 
Um, Pierce, first, I want to start out with the, the, the whole faith Christian thing. You know, I'm a coach in that league now. I coach against faith Christian. Guess who's going to be on my coaching staff this year? You got Gino Carbajal? No, Gino's in, in the other – he's at Jefferson Academy. He's, in, he's also in my league. I go against Gino twice a year. But uh, Bob Bodie's going to be on my coaching staff this year. And, no kidding. And young Zeke Bodie, Danny's son, uh, is going to be – David's nephew. Is, or, yeah, David's nephew is going to be my shortstop. So a little connection there for you. Love that. Probably a stud, I'm sure. Yeah, he would have started for me as an eighth grader last year. He is, he is absolutely a stud. He's going to get big, and he's, wow. he's going to join you in the big leagues before too long, trust me. Lucky, lucky Love the have, sound of that. Love to have that family. I mean, that's a, that's a legendary high school coaching family here, and um, I know you know that well. Your number's retired on the wall in that funky right field wall out there at Faith Christian. I love that field, by the way. But, and it's Dude, worth, it is uh, something else. It, it, it is something else, but you know what's weird about it is because it's right along I-70, that wind currents come off there, you got to bomb a ball left field to get it out of that place. You absolutely have to crush oh. one because the wind's coming in. The breeze is coming in, unlike the Metrodome. It's the opposite of the Metrodome, Manny. The wind's <laughs> coming in instead of going out. But um, Pierce, talk about a little bit about growing up pitching here because I always try to tell people it was, it was a big advantage for me growing up here. I, I wasn't affected by the altitude at all uh, when I pitched here. Do you feel that same way still now? I do, honestly, and everybody keeps asking why I've thrown well here or why uh, I've had success, and I'm like, well, first of all, I grew up here, you know. Mm -hmm. I had to learn to throw a breaking ball in this altitude, but uh, honestly, I mean, it's nice because I, instead of playing year-round, I got to play other sports, and I feel like I became more athletic, and it helped me as a baseball player and just everything, and I still call it home. I mean, it's hard to leave. Absolutely. Here's you. I want to ask you this because, you know, you hear a lot, a lot of times that, you know, uh, guys, uh, guys uh, who pitch, you grew up in Colorado pitching in Colorado. Like you just said, they, they have to get used to throwing a breaking ball and get movement on it. And, you know, they grow up here, so they're used to it. So it's not in their head. How much of, how much of that is true for guys that grow up here and then, and then leave obviously like yourself, you know, and, and pitch uh, in the majors for another franchise uh, other than the local nine here. And then, you know, what is, is it still the same? I mean, you come back here and you pitch and it's, it's, it's like you never left. Is that the case? No, I think there's still a little bit of change, honestly, especially going from, you know, St. Louis to Miami to San Diego to Colorado to Arizona. There's always this change in heat and humidity and it, I, it does play a part, but honestly, um, the thing that I do when I come here is just change my sights a little bit. I know it's not going to break as much, but um, just lower my sights a little bit. And honestly, I've had a ton of success. Yeah, just uh, just just uh, some some news here. Uh, Kevin Gaussman, another product of Colorado from Aurora, um, just signed a uh, reportedly signed a five year, one hundred ten million dollar contract with the Blue Jays. So. Man, if the Rockies, a, for him. If the Rockies, for him. If the Rockies just could, could just put together a pitching staff of local kids, I think it'd do pretty well. It's like the Rockies. It seems like they they make a concerted effort. I mean, Kyle Freeland is, I guess, the the the, the poster child for that, yeah. right? But like, I mean, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I've heard things about them trying to go after Gosman a few times, even while he's with the Orioles and trying to yep. make a trade and things like that. I just was curious about, you know, how much of that growing up here is, is, sticks sticks with you, you know, and uh, Freeland's never pitched anywhere else, so for him, it's pretty clear that it works. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 interesting because again, it's always, and well, I'm sure we'll talk about it more to some degree here. But it's always this is conundrum, the course conundrum, right? It's just always difficult to figure out for this franchise here how to win here, and 
whether they try, you know, with, with sluggers or whether they try it with homegrown pitching. So well, the most, the most effective pitcher in Rockies history is Jorge De La Rosa, who grew up pitching in a high altitude, a high altitude climate in Mexico. So I think, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a secret. I think it's a matter of how get guys who've trained in this, these conditions aren't afraid of these conditions and, and give them the ball. Let's go. And I think, uh, you know, that's why I, I know Pierce, your teammate, Mark Lanson, a golden high school product is a free agent. would love to see him come to Colorado. I mean, I, I would love to see him because again, he's not going to be fearful of the conditions here. He's going to go out and throw the ball. So much yeah. of it is mental, right? Yeah. And you're no going to doubt. get, and honestly, that cutter, that cutter is going to play well. If he were to come here, his cutter would play really well here. And, yeah. you know, I think that's a pitch that uh, has been effective for guys here at times. As long as it's not the same when he threw Nolan Arenado on Father's Day a few years back, right? <laughs> walk off Grand Slam, walk off cycle Grand Slam. Yeah, I know. If he signed here, like what? I mean, imagine, you know, imagine how many times. I uh, think the first few days it'd be like all these highlights. On I Twitter. think he's been through this enough. That I don't think. It, I think he's been through it enough. I oh yeah, it wouldn't phase him. Yeah, it wouldn't phase him. No, not I mean, at I all. think the Rockies want to get somebody on a one-year deal if they're going to get a clo- yeah. an established closer. And if that's the case, then Lance and I would think it might be you know, in, might be in play. Might, might be, be might be in play. Yeah. Hey, hey Pierce, uh, Pierce, it's been a, a, a ride for you like it's been for everybody else. You drafted out of high school, opted not to sign out of high school, which I always say is a very good plan. For you, it went from a late-round draft choice, go to college for three years, become a first-round draft choice. Gosman had the same thing, um, late-round draft choice out of high school, and boom, he's, a, he's the third or fourth guy picked in the whole draft out of uh, LSU. So um, I think it was the right path, obviously, to work that well for you. You got a chance to get up with the Cubs. Um, talk about the decision to not sign out of high school and to go to college. You know, personally, I just needed some more physically maturing and a little bit of mental too. Cause when you go to college, I mean, especially for me, I wasn't even remotely close to home. Right. So, you know, living, living on your own, you got to fend for yourself. You got a time management, you got class, you got, you got baseball, you got practice, you got all this stuff. And um, really, I think that helped me develop just, as a person and just more mature. And obviously I was a little, I was small coming out of high school. So being able to develop a little bit physically helped me a ton and competing at a higher level. I think that only propelled me to have success in pro ball. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, the, I'd like to get your, I mean, I don't know how much you follow the Rockies other than when you, when you actually pitch against them, uh, Pierce, but uh, what do you see as, I mean, you grew up around here, uh, you know, what do you see as a formula for this, for this franchise? I know they're kind of in, in no man's land right now, as far as what they're trying to do, they're trying to develop a lot of young guys. There's, you know, there are, there's innuendo that they're going to spend money this off season. We don't know about that, but um, what do you think? Like, you know, talking to guys who used to play here, you know, Dante Bichette, you know, uh, Larry Walker, Ellis Burks, those kind of guys, you know, I, I know at least as far as Dante and Larry or Dante and Ellis, they said to us on the podcast that, you know, they should get some guys who can out slug opponents because they're going to have to win 55 games here every year, because when they go on the road, they're just going to lose. They can chalk up 40 losses every year because of the, the issues the hitters have with the movement and the pitches actually breaking again and all that. So what do you have any opinion on how the Rockies can figure it out? Honestly, they've had even their lineup this year was it was not an easy lineup to pitch to. Yeah, um, their hitters, you know, they just have good approach and they hit so well at home. But like you said, I mean, they had Dante Bichette, Larry Walker, uh, you know, uh, all these guys, Todd Helton, Tulo, Arenado. These guys bring so much. They're not just hitting average; they're hitting for power. And power in Colorado 
that can change the game in a heartbeat. And it does it. And you see it time and time again, every time we come here, you know, you're up by four in the seventh and all of a sudden now it's, you know, it's an eight, seven ball game. And it's like, Oh my gosh, things turn really quick. And it's one swing of the bat. So just a little bit more power and just, I think more consistent pitching, but I mean, that's always kind of been the kryptonite. Do you, do you come when you, when you take a mound here, um, or when you come, I mean, when you're flying here to Colorado, obviously it's home for you, but is there a, is there a general sense that, is it, is there an, an intimidation factor at all? Because there used to be, um, I mean, back yeah. in the nineties, yeah. you know, there used to be, you know, Ellis Burgers called it nightmare on Blake. They were the nightmare on Blake street for the other team, you know, and Dr. John Smoltz for a book I wrote. And it was, it was like, man, we were freaked out, you know, having to play, uh, play the, the Rockies in the first round in 95. So um, is there, is there that now, or is it more like, you know what, we've got a good shot. We just need to survive and get out of here. Yeah. More just survive and get out of here. Um, <clears throat> when Arenado and story were back to back in that lineup though, with Blackman in there too. I mean, that's not an easy lineup to pitch sure. to. Um, and I, I think that hurt story this year because Story's an incredible player, but he didn't have that much protection. I mean, McMahon had a pretty good, good year, but still, I, <clears throat> when you have, the two, three, four guys in your lineup that are consistently going out there hitting, you know, 20 plus with batting 270 higher with 100 RBIs. I mean, those are guys to be reckoned with. And those guys transform the game. But when you only have one of those guys, it's a little bit easier to pitch to. And you're like, all right, you can pitch around this guy. And, you know, I can minimize the damage. Hey, Pierce, part of that conundrum Manny's talking about with the Rockies is how to compete in the nationally West. I mean, you spent a year yeah. in San Francisco. You've been with the Padres now for two years. You've seen up close. It's as good a division as there is in baseball, especially those top three teams. You guys didn't necessarily have the kind of year you thought you were going to have this year, at least the second half. Um, what does it take to compete in this division? I mean, the, the Dodgers aren't going out and spending a ton of money. They're just developing a lot of good young players that just keep coming up in droves. You guys are, are loading up as well. What's it going to take – for a team like the, like the Rockies to com- at least compete in this division? For the Rockies, I mean, stay healthy and have a couple guys stand out, have some rookies stand like Rogers, you know, come up, do well. Um, McMahon, uh, I mean, Diaz, Daza, all these guys. And then Corona had a really good year, but for these guys, staying healthy, staying on the field. And then, like you said, if you can win at home, that's going to at least salvage half the season and just try and win half the series on the road. But a lot of that has to do with pitching. Um, the starting pitching has been up and down for them, but their bullpen has been shaky at times too. So uh, really it's, I think it's top to bottom for, for them. Um, and, and for you guys, I mean, the Rockies are a team that, you know, they're going to, they're going to just, they're going to be scrapping for, you know, wildcard position, if any, if anything in the next few years. So, but you guys, you guys came into 2021 as, you know, a team that was favored to maybe kind of do what the giants did, you know, yep. this year, um, as far as uh, maybe not 107 games. I mean, that's we're going to be figuring that one out for years, trying yeah. to figure that how right. they did that. Yeah. Like, but, but for you guys, it was like, you guys might finally be the, the team to, de- to dethrone the Dodgers from the top of the West. Um, and obviously it didn't go that way. It didn't, it, 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 you know, the first half was what more or less what was expected, but then yeah. the second half, everything went South. What, from your perspective inside uh, that clubhouse, so w- what kind of happened and, and what's the kind of the vibe as you guys head into 22, because you still have a great team on paper. Yeah. On paper, we got a great team. Um, honestly, we, we got the injury bug and that didn't help us. You know, 
I think one of the biggest blows of the season that nobody really talks about was Morahone getting hurt early. That left-handed power yeah. arm that we have that honestly, that guy was phenomenal for us in 2020. And I don't think he got enough recognition, but the fact that he was out, um, I think really hurt us. Uh, Snell, uh, you know, he's got incredible stuff and what people don't put in perspective for him too, is he was thrown to a different catcher for the first half of the season, almost every start. And that's hard to do when you get a good catcher and you're meshing with them all the time going, you know, throwing, day in and day out to the same guy, you start getting a, a rhythm and a routine and you guys start, you know, thinking on the same, same plane. So um, it was impressive what he did because at the end of the year, he was like, he was dealing, he was our guy, but uh, we need to stay healthy. Number one. And with Toddy going down as much as he did, that hurt us a ton, but uh, health, number one, number two, we just got to play Padres baseball every single time. I felt like sometimes we played to our competition instead of playing to our full ability, because when we played the Dodgers and the giants, we were in every single game, but then we go to Arizona and get swept or, you know, we go to Colorado and yep. win one of three. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to have a winning season when you're not doing well against the teams that are, you know, not doing as well. So. Hey, um, have you met Bob Melvin yet? Are you excited about playing for him? I'm super excited. I, I haven't talked to him yet. We've texted back and forth, but uh, um, I've only heard great things. And uh, just uh, with the new pitching coach, too, with Ruben, talked to him and uh, just really excited for the kind of new life that they're going to bring into the clubhouse. Now, now we have to bring up the bad news. Um, that clubhouse is going to be locked for a while. Uh, I don't know how, <laughs> how, how close you're, you're staying to in touch with what's going on. But obviously here, I think, what, Manny, on Wednesday, uh, the, the gates are going to get locked. And um, like I said at the beginning, the guys, local guys are going to be training locally. Um, that's just how it's going to have to work out for a while. What's your thoughts? What have you heard about how long this could drag out? And, and um, what's the ultimate goal for the players? Honestly, I haven't heard much. And uh, we've stayed in touch a little bit on the fact. But, um, you know, this is for generations to come. This isn't just because we are wanting something. We just want what's best for the players and what's best for the game. And, um it is what it is. But for me, I'm just going to continue my off season. Like the season's going to start like normal and I'm just going to be prepared physically and mentally. Like it's going to be normal. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the, the fact that we're probably, or that's not a fact yet, but it probably will become a fact on Wednesday that we're going to have a lockout here. Obviously that doesn't mean that it, that the, the season's going to get delayed. Um, that's something that has happened many times in baseball history. And it obviously doesn't always lead to a strike, but um with with uh for, you know free agency kind of weird because of that i mean we're <laughs> tonight is just weird <laughs> you're nuts. being kind it's uh it's like the, it's like the nba all of a sudden you know yeah. and um it's a, just trying to keep track of who's going where but uh when you get i mean for a season like this for a guy like you i mean uh, which many are in your position where i mean you're not a free agent you're not you're not you know um you're not you know necessarily glued to the tv or your phone or anything about getting calls about that sort of thing um how do you kind of put out of your mind that, or can you, that there might be uh, a delay start to the delayed start to the season and how do you deal with it if there is? I mean, obviously you had to do that with COVID. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you just got to go day by day and, you know, keep working on, on your own craft because it's not like we know where the end's going to be. So you can't take time off. And um, obviously you got to stay in tune on what's going on, but uh, for the most part, you really just got to be, you know, taking advantage of the time you have at home and, um, or wherever you're at, 
just get prepared for season and, uh, just, you know, get ready for when they give you the call that everything's good to go. Man, we talked, you, a, little, sorry, we saying, talked a little bit about, about, about the, uh, the, the demise of the starting pitcher in our last, um, podcast and, uh, you're, you're living, you're living the, the life, man. You're a pitcher yep. in the major leagues. So, um, and obviously when you, you know, growing up, you probably saw a lot more guys going six, seven, eight innings, uh, and even completing a game once in a blue moon. Um, what, what do you feel like, where do you feel like the, the pendulum is on that? Do you think that we're going to keep going in that direction where the specialization and the matchups and the data are going to, uh, continue to fuel this, um, sort of, uh, yeah, just loss of the traditional starter or do you think that it's going to kind of swing back the other way i think it's going to be like this for a little bit but at some point in time i believe that you know you're going to get those starters that are going to be durable and workhorses and just eat up innings like they used to um but it's also really hard because when you have these weapons in the pen like people are throwing out like just watching watching the playoffs was insane i mean everybody coming out throwing 99 99 from the right side, from the left side with an absolute devastating breaking ball. And I mean, I feel like you can't leave that bullet in the chamber. And where's Zach Britton? Where's Zach Britton? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was, that was something to be talked about for sure. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many power arms with electric stuff now that I think the bullpens become kind of a hot commodity for a lot of teams where they rely so heavily on that. And we did this year and a lot of teams have had success. So I, I think certain teams will rely heavy on the starter when you have guys like Scherzer and Kershaw and Bueller. You know, Bueller I mean, yeah, we're just, we're just naming off Dodgers now. Right, but, yeah. uh, or ex-Dodgers in one case. Very true. Yeah. I mean, Kershaw too, you never know, but yeah, uh, that's right. The one thing though, too, is that there, I mean, I, I, is it, isn't, isn't it a little bit um, top heavy in terms of the age of these guys? Um, a lot of these guys are maybe toward the 30 plus end of things. Um, do you feel like we're going to see, we're still going to see guys come up that are going to be those workhorses just, just coming up through the farm systems? Mm, honestly, no, because even when I was in the minor leagues, I feel like everybody was on a pitch count and then you got guys mm-hmm. on inning limits and then, you know, they're pitching, a month shorter than what the big league season is. So when these guys finally make it to the big leagues, they're not used to going six, seven, eight innings. They're only used to going five. So I think what you're going to do is develop these guys that have electric stuff for five innings and then just use your bullpen. And that's kind of the way it's going to be. Yeah. I I agree with you, Pierce. In fact, I I think um, uh, the way they're being trained right now, and Jason Hirsch was on this last week talking about this too. They're throwing as hard as they can for a shorter period of time. And that's going to be that. The danger there is, is you know, now you got like 14-man pitching staff, so you can keep a fresh arm out there every day, and you've got two guys or three guys on your bench now. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's going to – the game's changed dramatically in ro- just roster makeup because of the fact that pitchers aren't throwing as long. Man, when I was playing, here I am, back, you know, get off my lawn guy again. But we had a 10-man pitching staff. At least you announce it now. I do announce it. <laughs> we, had, we, had a, we had a 10-man pitching staff. Second straight Somet- podcast. Sometimes on my side day – They'd say, don't throw on the side. You're in the pen tonight. And I pitched in several games in between starts for an inning or you know, a few batters or whatever, just to fill in for a guy who was down that because we were shorthanded that day. But we always had a, a decent bench. I mean, you had backups at several positions, not one guy that could play every position on the field. It's a much different game. And I think Pierce is right. I don't, I think the way they're drafting people now and training them, um, I don't think kids even expect, they don't even think about going more, more than five innings now as a starter. They're all being babied. 
it's just being especially in the minor leagues absolutely i mean yeah i think in the minor leagues it's that's honestly probably the max you'll go unless there's special cases maybe a guy that's a veteran yeah i don't know i mean you know that's that's a little bit um you know we talked a little bit about the romance of baseball and how it's some of it's been lost um with the modern game in some sense i mean i'm a big data guy i do stat caps work and everything so i'm i'm on that side of things but i'm also a big history guy. And so I understand, you know, the, where people, you know, throw their hands up and say, man, we missed the days when a guy would go out there, guys would go out there and each duel for nine innings. You know, I mean, obviously the, the extreme cases, you know, 19, 1965, uh, Marichelle and Spawn going at it for like four, 13, 14 innings, <laughs> each throwing 200 pitches and began, and the, the, as the story goes, you know, uh, they go out to Marichelle and they're like, you know, they're like, we're going to take you out. He's like, I'm not going that, that guy's like 42 years old. I'm not going out until, <laughs> until he's out, you know, I mean, that, that kind of the romance behind the game, right? Like that, it seems like that's kind of being lost. Um, but, and what you're saying, you know, about the minor leagues, is not really, um, not really uh, good news on that front cool. in terms of like, it's still going to be, um, it's kind of going to be this, this type of game uh, going forward. But um, what do you sense, um, you know, as, as far as the way you guys do things um, with data, uh, I know you, you don't have to give us any secrets or anything, but I mean, like, do you he guys, can if he wants to, you can, if you want to, but uh, I can't give you all the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. So, One? but, but as far as like the, as far as data, there's so much of it. And I think a, a big part of um, the coaching staff is, is just kind of trying to distill all that down so that they can give you guys what's relevant and, and digestible um how tough is that for for coaching staffs and how tough is it for players to just be able to is it an inundation or is it more like yeah. it's getting fed to you the right do, way do you have that card in your hat is what he's asking not a little card, <laughs> a scouting report in your hat that's not a scout report that's signs from second bit when there's a runner on second but oh, okay um no man you're right the uh it's like drinking water from a fire hose it is really yeah. the yeah. amount of information that is given is incredible it is down to what they like to drink on a Tuesday morning. And it's, <laughs> wow. uh, it's, it's honestly incredible because it's stuff like I, I find fascinating too, but also at the same time, you need to figure out what your strengths are, what the hitters weaknesses and, you know, chew the data up however you see fit. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I don't throw a change up. So that's irrelevant to me. So I focus on fastball curveball. I want to see damage. I want to see, you know, where their hot zones are and I want to see what their weakness is. So then I can alter it to, you know, how I pitch what I want to do and then let the game dictate how I'm going to pitch with that. So if you can simple, you know, simplify it as much as you can, I think you're going to be successful, but at the same time, there's so much data that you can get overloaded and think too much and then end up doing the wrong thing. Well, one thing about the game that hasn't changed is, is the need to make adjustments, sometimes in-game adjustments. But the great Pete Vukovic was a teammate of mine in Milwaukee, uh, known for his role in Major League. Um, a young winner, right? Yeah, he was, he was a Cy Young winner. He was the first baseman in Major League with all the good one-liners. That, that's Vuk. He did such a good uh, job in that. Yes, he did. And he right. made he it. Asked, me he was the first base. You know what he told me? Our hitting first base. I asked him about it and he said he made up, he didn't have a script. He ad-libbed all of that. That's amazing. Which is amazing. Isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> that's he, awesome. He told me one off season or one season came back. He said, what'd you work on this off season? I said, well, he goes, you got it. Cause you got to come up with something different every year. Cause they got a book on you. Now they got a book on what you drink on Tuesday mornings. 
So yeah. you, you got to have a, you got to come up with something different, a uh, different delivery, a different arm slot, a different grip, something different that they haven't seen before. If you're going to stay ahead of these guys, Pierce, I, I read somewhere that you did that, that you came up with something new for this year. Um, again, without giving away secrets, did you throw, throw your, throw a pitch a different way or a different pitch? What was that adjustment I, I heard about? I mean, I haven't touched the ball since season, but no, I'm talking uh, about before last season, going into last season. Oh, before last season. Um, I tinkered a little bit with my mechanics, uh, nothing major by any means, just kind of staying in my, in my legs a little bit longer. But <clears throat> I think the thing that has transformed the way I pitch is using the slide step. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Because for me, for me, I will do it at any time with any pitch. And to me, instead of having two pitches, I have four pitches. Wow. And for I, I, you know, I pick and choose my places to do it, but also when you can get, I mean, I got to play with Johnny Cueto and when he does that little shimmy thing, I mean, you're just, he's disrupting timing. And when I can see that and I'm like, wow, I mean, it's not like he's overpowering people. He's throwing low nineties with a really good change up and spinning stuff over the plate. But how does he, how does he go out six innings there night in and night out? And, you know, he changes his times of the plate and that's something I did in Japan. Wow fairly well i kind of got the hang of it a little bit and i feel like i did that really well this year and especially when you get guys on base and you know you know they're going to ambush or you know they're aggressive with runners in scoring position or there's nobody on you know they're your aggressive first pitch when you can utilize that to your advantage that only helps you and so i feel like that was something for me that really transformed my mm-hmm. season i don't know if he told chris, you chris uh... Ru- chris rustin is loving that answer by the way <laughs> i don't know if he told <laughs> I don't know if he told you, but I asked uh, Cueto one time a few years ago when they came through here, where do the shimmies come from? Are they, are they premeditated or are they just spontaneous? Like right there, like in his head, as he's, as he's going into his windup and he gave me the best answer to the translator. He said, they come from the heart. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a Cueto answer too. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, that's perfect. But uh, so, yeah, if you, yeah. So next time you see him, you'd be like, it's coming from my heart too, man. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That, Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. Um, You know, you, Zach Davies is on your pitching staff this year. Not a guy that overpowers people. Guy goes out there and, and as you said, disrupts timing and just does it his way. Um, Are those guys going by the board? Is every starter going to be a hundred mile an hour guy for five innings or are there still going to be room for guys like that? I think there's going to be room for guys like that because it, gives them a different look. And then not only that, you have a guy like Davies or Hendricks or, you know, anybody that doesn't throw necessarily over 90, then you bring in that bullpen where everybody's throwing 95 plus, Mm -hmm. it just makes their stuff look harder. So um, honestly, I think those guys are more valuable than people think. Are they going to, are there, are we ever going to see another knuckleballer? Ooh, good question. I mean, I'm working on mine. So if I ever, uh, Get close to getting the boot. Out, I'll, I'll, you know? Yeah, I'm dropping down and throwing some knuckleball. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, we might, right? Because so many guys are throwing so hard now that at some point they're going to lose that and you have to reinvent themselves. So I guess I guess I answer my own question a little bit. Maybe they, maybe that's where we start seeing the Tim Wakefields. Yeah, the, the, the reinvention is a good point, Mary, because, uh, you know, a guy like Frank Tanana came up throwing just as hard as Nolan Ryan and ended up his career throwing not as hard as, uh, as uh, Zach Davies. So, uh, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Um, it's that cliche, right? It's right. Uh, I guess it's true. I mean, Pierce can can speak, you know, speak to this if it's true or not. But you become a pitcher rather than a thrower. Or what, I think that's what they say. Something, yes, something absolutely. Along those lines. Something along yep. those lines. Well, it, it's gonna. It, it, 
I mean, depending on how this offseason goes, if, if there is much of an offseason or if no, spring, spring training is not interrupted, um, the, the, it's going to be a different looking season next year with all the guys who are, are tra- trans, you know, changing teams. Manny's breaking news that maybe Max Scherzer is going to end up with a $40 million contract from George Steinbrenner, a.k.a. Steve Cohen. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't break it. I'm just stealing it from Morosi. So okay, not but, stealing it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, um, <laughs> it's going to be a different. The Dodgers remember. are going to look different next year, but they're still the Dodgers. They're still going to be just what they have always been. They're going to roll out some other fresh arm and they get Justin, Dustin May back and, and all that. Um, what do you expect? Do you expect this to remain the, the best division in the National League? I mean, can the Giants come close to doing what they did a year ago? You know, if the Giants can fill Chris Bryant's spot, if he signs back there, then that's fine. But I think losing Buster Posey is a huge blow to that team, um, especially to that pitching staff. So um, if they can find a guy that can fill that role as as good as he can, um, they're going to be a good team. They definitely are. Uh, They signed Descalfani back and Wood. Um, Their bullpen is pretty much coming back. And so they have a really good squad. Their young guys are showing up well. It, the Dodgers just keep pulling up, like you said, guys, yeah, and yeah. everybody's producing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think we're going to be right there with them. Um, I think we're going to give them a run for their money for sure. And uh, I think it's going to be us and the AL East again um, being top two, uh, top two divisions. Well, I mean, it's really, you know, I, when you guys, you guys were, you know, in the, in the early in, in last season and even in 2020, watching you guys in the Dodgers was just that was amazing. That must, was World Series, World Series kind of stuff. Yeah. Television, it man, it was so good, and it was like, you know, it was there were games in April where you felt like October, and yep. and it was just like this is it's like the, the little brother like coming of age, you know, trying to knock out the big brother, and um and you guys being so close geographically and everything else, it was just so awesome, and so. I think it would be pretty amazing if you guys, you know, got back to that, to what you guys know you can do. And then you have the giants thrown in there as well. And it's like, wow, I mean, you've got, you've got everybody. And then you've got uh, the, the Rockies and D-backs looking up at you guys, you know, because yeah. that's, and that's the thing too, in the, in the West, it's like, it's very competitive, but it's like the AL East. There's, there's just like one or two teams down at the bottom that are just not moving. But I think that would be pretty amazing to see a three team race all the way down mm-hmm. to the wire. Yep. I agree. I agree. And like you said, those games felt like playoff. I mean, we were all mentally and physically exhausted after those. We were like, dang, that was electric. That was just awesome. So it's uh, it's going to be a fun year. I can't wait to see what uh, what it's going to be. Is it hard to like you talked about like getting up for games, you know, like like or or you didn't say that. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You you talked about how you guys are playing kind of down to the, the level of the competition sometimes um last last season when you play games like that and it takes all that out of you um and then you know after a season series like that you go and play the marlins you know um or you host the marlins on a tuesday wednesday thursday you know i mean like is that is there really something to that about getting up for a game like that after that uh, sort of like thing i think it is even just the you know the atmosphere of the stadium is not the same i mean yeah. you've got chance in a dodger game in in san diego that you know the fans are on their feet the entire game, but it's it's uh, it's definitely not the same when you know necessarily the Marlins or somebody else comes into town. So you got to be able to you know elevate your game somehow, whether that's you know an excessive amount of caffeine or just you know psyching yourself up. And you guys being so young on paper, like you guys being such a young team, I wonder if that's something that comes with just comes with the experience, right? Absolutely. And I think we got a good core group of guys that, that truly want to win. Um, 
but I, like I said earlier, I think the number one thing for us is staying healthy because yeah. when Toddy's on the field, we are a completely different team. And with our pitching staff, if Snell can stay healthy, Musgrove, Darvish, um, you know, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And yeah, you guys I really hope an amazing rotation. Yeah. When you look at it, we do. And they, yeah. yeah. And even Paddock will show glimpses of just pure dominance too. So, I mean, and then we had a, our bullpen was phenomenal last year. I think we just worn down by the end of the year, but um, we got good arms and I think we got some good arms in the pipeline coming up. So hopefully they can uh, help us win at the big league level. Well, Pierce, um, we're going to let you run because I know you got uh, family to attend to there. But um, if you need to work out this winter, Manny's available to catch. He, uh, he'll have a catch <laughs> with you. He's you look a place okay. for throw. Although you could have been outside throwing now, the way it's been here around here. But um, as honestly, the, you know, as I haven't played along, baseball since high school, but I would be happy to go out there if, there you go, if yeah. you're willing to lower your standards that much. <laughs> put, put no doubt. Iron, let's do it. We'll put an Iron Man suit on you, Manny. You can, you can try right. to get behind the plate. Hey, Pierce, wish you all the best. We'll see you when you come through Coors Field. Um, if not sooner, and enjoy uh, the off season with your family. Thanks, Pierce. Appreciate Whoa. it. Manny, Mark, thank you guys. There he goes. Pierce Johnson, San Diego Padres, product of Faith Christian High School in Denver, Colorado, in my Metro League that I'm a coach in now. So uh, always fun to talk to somebody. I try to tell my kids, my players, don't think you can't get there from here because that guy did. You know, that guy did and, and others have. So And David Bodie played at the same school. Pierce, uh, Pierce played at Faith Christian High School. So We'll be back. Manny's going to wrap things up with the closer. Stay with us. We'll be right back. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. It seems that John Gray's days as a Colorado Rocky are over. Gray is reportedly heading to the Texas Rangers on a four-year, $56 million deal. And the Rockies, who selected Gray third overall in the 2013 draft, will get exactly nothing in return for a pitcher they once viewed as a huge part of the future of the franchise. The Rockies could have dealt Gray at last season's trade deadline, but chose not to. As with Trevor Story, now Gray is gone, and Story is right behind him, though we don't yet know where he'll land. Between the two of them, Colorado will get one compensatory draft pick when Story signs elsewhere. That would have been unthinkable as recently as, well, last season. Or maybe not, given the Rockies' recent track record. In any case, here they are, early in the Bill Schmidt era, watching as two pieces once viewed as critical components of a franchise with a window of contention walk away following Nolan Arenado from the year before. There isn't really much else to say but this. The Rockies remain directionless, and while there is still a lot of offseason left, directionless is never a good place to be, especially if you're in the National League West with two 100-plus win teams in the Giants and Dodgers, and a team that will be chomping at the bit to prove last season's second half was a fluke in the uber-talented Padres. Sunday, November 28th, 2021, will be remembered as a gray day for the Colorado Rockies, indeed. And Manny closes out another W for the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. Thanks to our guest, former Faith Christian Eagle and current San Diego Padre Pierce Johnson. And thank you for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.